I believe in Christ, he is my king. With all my heart to him I'll sing. I'll raise my voice in praise and joy, in grand amens my tongue employ. Scriptures reveal the divine desires of the Lord in our behalf. Each of us should have a burning desire to search the scriptures diligently and daily to seek the will of the Lord in our life. Brothers and sisters, on very thin pages, thick with meaning, are some almost hidden scriptures. Hence we are urged to search, feast, and ponder. If you are lonely, please know you can find comfort. If you are discouraged, please know you can find hope. If you are poor in spirit, please know you can be strengthened. If you feel you are broken, please know you can be mended. All right, this is Go and Do. We are covering lesson for 1 Nephi chapters 16 through 22. We'll talk about Leahona and Nephi's broken bow, as well as how the Lord works through small and simple things to bring to pass great things. Um, also, their journey on the ship that Nephi builds to the promised land and all the different principles of the gospel that are in that. I'm Daniel. I'm Feely. And we're here with Jaden and Janie Rasband, who are going to share us uh, their thoughts and their perspectives on the scriptures. So basically, the summary of these chapters. Um, in chapter 16, we get the, the broken bow story, which is pretty important stuff. Um, pretty interesting stuff in their family. I mean, they're out there in the wilderness, basically subsistence, farming, hunter, hunting and gathering and doing whatever they can to survive as they go. And Nephi breaks his bow um, and then resolves the problem, right? Uh, chapter 17, they find the land bountiful on the coast and everybody's kind of content to just kind of stay there. But uh, then Nephi gets revelation that he needs to build a boat, which must have been an experience for him as well. And then uh, chapter 18, they set sail, which... But isn't there, at the beginning, um, don't they get married? Yeah, there is a part where they get married. I can't remember where exactly that goes in. I think that's, it's either at the beginning of 16 or 17. Oh, no, that's 16 verse 7. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one thing I had a thought on that as I was listening to those scriptures is, is it was interesting to see how later on we find how similar their wives are to the husbands, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, They're equally yoked. <laughs> yeah, and and I was, you know, it's interesting to think about how important it is to marry the right person, mm-hmm. you know, and how it was important for Nephi and Sam and Lemuel. And but one individual can sway things pretty for good or for bad, right? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see that Nephi's family, his children and his wife, eventually, they're like, they're supporting him 100%. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with Lehman and Lemuel, like, they also start to murmur or even kind of instigate it sometimes. And it's like, you know, and these two random families 
Well, no, they're not completely random because obviously they were chosen by the Lord to go do this. But they had these people that matched up for good and for bad in both ways. Yeah, kind of interesting. that is interesting. And it seems like just complete opposite ends of the spectrum. And maybe there was a little bit more of just people that were somewhere in the middle, but it seems so one end or the other. Yeah. One one interesting thing that I uh, I really like about Nephi's experience with breaking his bow is he goes from having a very nice tool to having <laughs> what he says made out of wood and out of a straight stick and arrow. Like it mm-hmm. sounds like you very much MacGyvered it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know. I, I thought that was interesting that um, Nephi maybe originally thought his success depended on the his equipment. And then he later finds out that his success depended on the Lord. Yeah. You know, and uh, and I think, I think his attitude too, because everybody else they were just sitting around murmuring, and I can't blame him. I'm worthless when I'm hungry, but <laughs> he he just didn't lose a moment and just getting to work and trying to figure it out, even if it wasn't the prettiest bow or or anything like that. He just he went to work and he was praying and hopeful and called them all to repentance, basically. Yeah, it's interesting that they blamed him at first. You broke your bow, and now we're not going to get any food. I'm like, well, what about you guys? Yeah. <laughs> like, what the heck? Yeah, are did you they doing? not have bows? I'm not sure. They did, and it says that they lost their springs. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like their immediate reaction was, well, now we're not getting any food. It's like, what are you painted on? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it's always interesting to see that it was such a difficult situation that even Ishmael murmured. You know. Everyone was kind of down in the in in their attitude, but you know, I I find I actually like hearing that Ishmael murmured and everybody murmured because that feels more real to me. <laughs> um, and I find that with with murmuring, with anger, with inappropriate thoughts, with all of the things that we try to guard our minds and our, and our spirit against, it doesn't matter where you start; it matters where you end. It matters, you know, your initial reaction may be to get angry, but move past it. And and I think it, there's an important lesson that in that exercise, we get better at not dwelling where we shouldn't dwell, you know, especially like as, as a missionary. I mean, I remember on my mission, you know, you, you try to have clean thoughts, pure things, but either people upset you or your companion will get on your nerves or there will be some very pretty girl you know, trying to distract you or something, right? But it's kind of how do you, how long do you dwell on it, and do you train yourself to move on? Yeah. And and it's almost like an exercise, and 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 you begin to change your nature little by little. You know, I I, I often uh, think about how important it is that that we accept that we're flawed, that we have the natural man, but knowing that isn't an excuse to just Oh, that's just how I am, right? right? We're asked to continue and change. And even, you know, Nephi probably wasn't having the greatest time as well himself, you know? Yeah. And and we think that our initial reaction, just because it was bad, doesn't mean that defines the experience. We can move on from it. We can change. Yeah, we, we make those minor course corrections, right, throughout our lives. And kind of like the Liahona's purpose, right? Like, yeah. 
listening to and, and being diligent to the Lord gives us that opportunity to say, okay, well, you know, this is the direction he wants me to go. I'm going this way. I'm murmuring right now, but I'm ready to come back and follow kind of that same direction that he wants. Yeah, it's interesting that how many different times these tools come up in these chapters. There's a tool of the Liahona. It's a tool to find your way, right? Uh, there's a, a bow that breaks and then is rebuilt or another one is made. It's another tool to obtain food. And then he's got to build a boat and then tools and tools and tools. So I started thinking, what are the tools that we have? Obviously, we have those tools as well, but um, what's our Liahona today? What are the kind of things that God is giving us today? Obviously, the gift of the Holy Ghost was the first thing that came to my mind, and it functions the same way as the Liahona did. Um, it works when we seek it, when we listen, and when we're worthy. And when we're not, it stops, you know? And it doesn't leave us. It's still there, but it's kind of like you're not listening and you're not going like to... It's like Liahona, yeah. depending on the heed and obedience you give to it. But if you don't, then it's just a, a thing. And there's always that feeling when you start to murmur, maybe, that the Holy Ghost is kind of like, hey, I'm about to take off here, <laughs> you know. Do you really want to keep going with this, or do you want to kneel down and pray for help? And then when we don't, when we're like, no, I'm good. I don't want to pray right now. Then it's like, okay, I got to go, you yeah. know. So. Yeah, and I think the thing about the Liahona and the spirit is it's not, it's just day by day guidance. Generally, we don't generally get answers, a, a full layout of what our, the next five years of our life is going to look like. It's just day by day, what we need to do to get where the Lord wants us to be. And that requires a lot of patience, I think, because it's, we want to know what's the rest of my yeah. life going to look like? What, what am I, where should I go to school? What, and sometimes we do get big answers like that. Who should I marry? Where should I go to school? But Generally, it's just right now I need to pray. Right now I need to read my scriptures. I need to get up and go to church. I need to get up and serve this person. I think that's interesting you say that because I, I think a lot about their journey. I think this is one of the, this is going to be a big challenge when they reach the land bountiful. And it's very nice. It's very comforting. There's water. I don't know. It's much better than where they were. I don't really know yeah. what it was. Yeah. But it is better. Water fruit. You mentioned fruit a lot. Yeah. They call it bountiful, right? <laughs> yeah. And now Nephi is told, okay, rest, but you got to build a ship and move on. And that is the beginning of another set of conflict he's going to have with these brothers because they're thinking, why? Why don't we just we stay like here? It here? This is very nice. <laughs> yeah. You know? And, uh, and it... I find myself, I don't know, I relate so much to Lemon and Lemio. Maybe I shouldn't admit that. <laughs> but, but I kind of think, oh, I've done a hard thing. Now it's rest. Now I've made it. I'm, yeah. I don't need to learn another skill. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to continuously progress. I, I've progressed I'm enough. happy. I'm happy here. Right. Yeah. But that's, you know, we, we we believe in that eternal progression. And that's part of the habits we're trying to form is learning to progress continue. There's one question here I, from the lesson that I wanted to ask you guys. It says, why do you think Nephi was able to remain so faithful when others did not? Reflect on how the example of Nephi and his family can help you in your challenges. Man, I don't know. Nephi was something else. He was just... <laughs> he And I just, I always think... 
that he was just really good at remembering. It just seems like it's just the difference between remembering and forgetting. Layman and Lemuel were constantly forgetting. And I don't know, like, forgetting big things, like angels and visions and being shocked. And they just would forget within a few days. And Nephi just, maybe he was just constantly pondering on it. And I, and I think he was. I think he was constantly likening the scriptures to himself, constantly trying to progress, trying to get somewhere better. And maybe maybe it's that. Maybe Laman and Lemuel just felt content where they were and they didn't, and would just kind of slide back and just kind of forget things, forget the Lord. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think that Nephi really had a, a trust in the Lord's promises, right? Like, he, he knew that the Lord wasn't going to leave him alone, even when it kind of seemed like it, you know, when his bow lost his strength, he wasn't thinking, oh, well, we're, we're going to starve out here. You know, he knew that the Lord would would bless them. And um, I think that's kind of what set him set him apart from the rest of his family. But but he had that ability to have that hope and and look forward to the promised land. Not only remembering, but also he talks a lot about reading the scriptures. And I think he probably studied them regularly. When I do that, it comes to my mind when when problems arise. I'm like, it's all right. We're going to be good. Yeah, you, you know? feel that hope and that yeah. faith and that trust. Yeah, and I think that that serves as a constant reminder, but also just knowing what the promises are in the first place and knowing them so well that he can recite them back to people make it so that he's never totally doubtful. So I was thinking about this Liahona um, section and, and the big message in it is the Lord guides me or us through small and simple things, right? And um, the thought I had was how do we share with others or within ourselves, how do we use th these principles about small and simple means to make the world around us make sense? Especially because we we kind of lump up large problems as as the you know, we, we kind of, I, I, I almost look at it as we batch our problems until they get so bad that then we take them to the Lord. And he's saying, and I, I feel more like he's saying, come to me early and quickly, and these things will stay small and simple. And we can small and simple just churn right through all these issues, as opposed to waiting until you have an elephant mound of problems. You know, That's kind of what spoke to me a little bit is is um, Nephi, I think, had an attitude of, my dad just told me about a dream. I'm not too sure. I believe my dad, but I'm going to go find out for myself. And, and uh, you know, my bow's broken. I'm going to go ask the Lord what I should do. You know, um, he's asked me to build a ship. I'm going to go ask him where I can find ore because I need some tools. Right? Well, I guess the principle would be not only not letting those little things shake your very foundation, but also asking about them before they get so big that your foundation is shaken. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, don't don't allow things to get to build on you so much that you're just carrying this huge burden before you go and say, okay, here's what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> right? But do it more regularly so you're never carrying that huge burden with you. It's completely unnecessary. But we do it because... Well, that's not that's not worth bringing the Lord into this, you know, or 
He's got better things to worry about than and, this and we are the scriptures give us a lot of examples of individuals who had amazing experiences. How much the younger Saul, Paul, or Paul on the road to Damascus. You know, these these large moments of drastic change. But I think that's more of an example on that the Lord can work wherever you're at. Yeah. There is no problem too large for him to help you with. But I think the lesson in this in the Ojona is by small and simple things, by little actions, you can always course correct much quicker and less painfully than having to wait for the large things that come around. Yeah. Mm. I can't remember who said it, but they said it's better to prepare and prevent than it is to repair and repent. Mm. So we, we do always have the option to come back and, and to bring our heavy load or our big problem and and to course correct in those big things but it's it's a little bit easier to just stay on that road and like you said course correct little by little um so that we don't have those big huge problems to work through one of the questions that comes to my mind about the leona and then maybe this is like another one of the tools we get is our patriarchal blessing and how does that kind of serve as a leona in our lives because it's not really a fortune cookie or a horoscope type thing um, some people kind of look at it that way, like, it's going to tell me what I should do, you know, kind of, not really, but it does serve as a Liahona type thing. And I don't know if any of you have experienced something like that with your patriarchal blessing. Yeah, I think a lot of the tools that we have are kind of broad and, and not that we can't liken them to unto ourselves like Nephi did with the scriptures, but but the, our patriarchal blessing is one of those things that is very specific and is meant just for us and I think that that's that's really cool and and loving that Heavenly Father would give us that to just tell us what our strengths are what our weaknesses are to to give us promises I I think about mine all the time just you know what I can work on what what and and mostly what I'm good at because sometimes that's hard to (laughs) to like look at ourselves that way and say you know what I'm good at this and so I'm going to go out and and do that you know, and I, I think that patriarchal blessing can also give you an insight into who you can be, you know, conditioned upon you you living the gospel and, and applying those, you know, those daily diligences that you know you can have the the life that the Lord kind of sees for you if you if you just follow His commandments and it's kind of cool to have that you know to reflect on every once in a while. The small yeah. and simple things, the great things like we. We can be great and have great lives and, and have amazing blessings if we just do those small things like paying our tithing and reading scriptures, going to church, things like that. There was one scripture that I really, really like. It, it's in uh, chapter 17, verse 40 and 41. And he says, um, and I think this is where Nephi is kind of explaining the children of Israel to Laman and Lemuel when they're, when they're saying, you know, hey, you know, we're doing great and the people of Jerusalem are great and why do we, is anything required of us, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, in 40 he says, and he loveth those who will have him to be their God. Behold, he loved our fathers and he covenant with them, yea, even Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he remembers the covenants which he has made, wherefore he did break them out of the land of Egypt. 
and then he goes kind of to explain a little bit why they had to go through some trials because their hearts were hard they didn't recognize his hand but in those trials he performed he gave them the ability to overcome them and then he specifically calls out the the fiery serpents mm. and the staff mm. that Moses had to raise up in they verse 41 because it's too easy yeah <laughs> and he says and because of the simpleness of the way or the easiness of it there were many who perished you know in about a couple of years ago i was wanting to i really needed to draw closer to the lord more and for me i I, I thought of a very simple thing. Just read my scriptures every morning or listen to them on the way to work. Very easy. I'm already going to work. I'm already. <laughs> it's very easy. Just And there came the thought to me that, no, nah, that won't work. You have to put more effort. You know, you have to do more. And then this scripture came to me. And because the simpleness of the way and the easiness of it, there were many who perished. And I think to myself, we, none of us want to perish. None of us want to end up in a situation where we say, I have no idea how I got here. Like, I can't believe this is happening to me. Or I can't believe I feel so far away from God or my family or, 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 or I've done whatever I've done, right? And I always just remember this. Even on the days when I totally just go through the motions, I just put it in and I listen to a chapter or two and, and I... There are times when I don't even remember. And and I have to remind myself, just do it. Just do it. And then there are and there are the other times. The times when I feel the spirit very strongly. The time where when my heart just like swells within me and I hear the scriptures and I think about my family. I think about the situations, the worries I'm going through, and I feel confident. I feel po- optimistic i feel like the savior cares i feel like the scriptures matter and they come alive right it doesn't happen every time but going through 30 going through the motions just to have one of those moments (laughs) is absolutely worth it you know and they become more frequent i think we expect the home run every time we go we get up to the plate to bat you know yeah but it's sometimes you just and I don't know. I don't know. I just think you, every time you put forth effort, you call someone or you work on a prompting and maybe it doesn't work out. But every single time you do it is just as important when it doesn't work as when it does work because it's our exercise of faith, you know? Yeah. Do you have the faith not to be healed? Right. You know, are you going to believe in me anyway, even if you don't feel the spirit this morning when you listen to the scriptures? I, on my mission, it makes me, this verse makes me think about, on my mission, we would go and visit a lot of less active members in their homes and, you know, hadn't been to church in several years. And we'd ask them about their testimonies and and what they believed. And oftentimes they would tell us, you know, I believe in the church and, and I have a relationship with the Savior. And they, if they felt so strongly about it, like I would die for the church, I would die for my testimony. And I'm like, well... We're just asking you to come to church. We're just asking you to read your scriptures. And, and they can't because it's just, it. they're willing, they, you know, they feel like they could do these big, big things for Christ, but they can't do the little ones. And that's really what's important. That's what he's asking us to do. But it's even in the way that God treats us. 
um, you look at those huge monumental things that happened to Lehman and Lemuel, and it didn't change them. Yeah. Big things can, big gestures can happen. And those momentarily, I think the Lord did them because he knew this is what they need right now so we can move forward with this boat, right? Yeah, yeah. I need to shock them so they can feel it, so we can move forward with this boat because I need their hands to help Nephi build the boat. But then they'd forget. As soon as they get on the boat, things get rough. They start having a fun time. Nephi's like, hey, guys, uh, keep it down. You know, we got to keep our minds straight here. Yeah. They tie him up for four days, you know. After being shocked by him. Right. You you know, it's crazy. And that just goes to show you it's not those big, huge things that make change in people. It's the still small voice, right? It's those little tiny moments within each individual where the spirit says, I'm here. This is true. And it's like a spiritual sledgehammer in its own way because it pounds at home without it being like an angel in front of you. Yeah, it's pretty subtle. You have this moment with your God, a direct connection with him that's uncomparable. You know, that made me think about how nowadays, especially, I don't know, as you get older, friends you grew up with, mission companions you had, you know, you'll see people that they fall away, they leave the church, they, and they feel like, oh, it's, it just, it wasn't right for me, or it wasn't for me, or I found something else, or I found Christ in another way, or something, right? And, you know, it's interesting, because I think Laman and Lemuel are kind of driving themselves to that moment, where they, they start, you know, believing in their philosophy, in their point of view, even when the evidence is so clear the other way, right? And it and it's funny because one of the last things, well, at least in the book, where they're going to get to the promised land and Lehi will die soon after that. But one of the great things that Lehi shares with them is the vision of the tree of life. The vision of a journey that you must take, no one can take for you. And if you hang on to the rod... You'll get there, and it's a wonderful journey. If you don't, you can fall into this pit or be lost in the mist, you know, all of these things. And I've often always, and I always think about how can these brothers have the same parents, (laughs) same experiences, but they come away with vastly different beliefs. And so if that can happen in this scenario where we look at these miraculous things, then we shouldn't feel so bad when it happens in our lives with friends, with people, with coworkers, with with ward members, with people that fall away. It doesn't make it the popularity of the spacious great and spacious building doesn't take away from the tree of life. It doesn't it doesn't mean that the rod of iron isn't there. And I think sometimes people feel, especially when they love someone and care for them, and they feel, how could they go? And sometimes they can shake your testimony or, or make you question or, or, or make you wonder, how could this happen? And I think Nephi is probably the, the expert in asking that question, how could this happen? We saw an angel. He spends Our chapter after this. chapter after chapter being like, we were about what to, is wrong with yeah, you guys? To lose food and, and, and <laughs> I got a stick and, and a string and I got a deer or something, right? <laughs> you know, it's, and so, I don't know. I really like to kind of liken, like it says here in the, in the 
in the guide, like in the scriptures to us. How does Nephi's trials compare to this post on Facebook where somebody's like, well, I'm done with the church. It was great, but you guys are crazy, or I feel better this way, or this and that. It's like, I don't think it's very different. Principles are very much the same. Well, I think that's why, but, and I don't know, my experience with things like that in my life has been, it is, it does kind of, it's, it's sad when people that you're close to or that you've looked up to fall away and, and choose different things. But in my life, I've taken the opportunity to just, it makes me feel that much more strongly about the church. Well, I'm not going that way and I'm, I'm staying right where I am. I'm, I'm working through this. And I think maybe Nephi felt that same way looking at his brother. was like, oh my gosh, but I'm not going there. Like, and I think that's why we have this, the story of Laman and Lemuel so that we can see their pitfalls and think, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to fall because of that. It gives you a chance to, to self-diagnose, where yeah. am I at, right? When you see other people starting to falter or whatever, you look at yourself and you start thinking, am I vulnerable to this? Yeah. How is Satan working on me right now? What things might be my weaknesses and how do I make sure that this does not become me? When we forget the small and simple things, we get blindsided. We, we, it's like we, you stray away just as simple as I'm not, I'm going to let go of the rod for a little bit. I'm going to go grab that apple over there. I see it. But that's the problem. We, we just, we rationalize. We think just a little bit. Just a little bit, oh, you'll be all fine. You know, church, just take a day off. You know, and, and that's not to say that you need to be a crazy celibate. You know, <laughs> that's not to say you shouldn't, that you need to become a Pharisee or you need to start counting your steps because that's actually the opposite of what Christ is wanting us to do. But we need to understand, you know, I, I often think to myself, how am I feeling today? How am I feeling this week? Uh, I kind of don't feel the spirit the way I should, okay? Have I been reading my scriptures the way I should? Have I been getting enough sleep? Have I been eating good? Have I been treating my wife correctly? Have I been spending time with my kids? And 99.9, uh, 100% of the time, there's something deficient. And it could be something physical. Like, I just need to go get air and get exercise or do something productive. Or it could be something spiritual, like, I need to dive into the scriptures, I, or I need to just sit down and take a break and just meditate and think about things. And all of those things. And that's why the gift of the Holy Ghost is so precious. Because it will tell you what tool to use at what time. And sometimes people are just grabbing whatever and it's not working. Well, are you doing it in the way that the Holy Ghost is the one telling you? Think about the first time the Liahona stopped working. What was their first response? We need to pray. Right? So they prayed. And what was the answer they got? It was, go look at the Liahona and read the inscriptions on it. It wasn't, here's what to do. I'm just going to tell you. It was, go read it. Go see. Find out. Right? And it's like, well, why can't you just tell me? You know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm right here. Why can't you just tell me? No, I want you to go do that. And it's not that he can't just tell them what the Liahona says, but he's like, no, you, this is another one of those little tests of faith and those little things. It's so simple. Just go read the Liahona, what it says, and follow what it says. And just keep doing that. And then even on the boat, like when it stopped working and they were kind of lost for a while in the storm and stuff, um, what it took was 
everyone kind of coming to terms with the fact that they were either going to die in the storm or something had to change. They finally untie Nephi and everybody kind of turns back to the Liahona again. He prays and then they all turn back to the Liahona again and it's kind of that guide again. They remembered, okay, last time we prayed and then we looked at this. So pray, reading the scriptures, all of that, they're not mutually exclusive, right? They're all part of a bigger plan. All of these things serve for our benefit. I just can't get over four days. He was tied up on a boat. That's a long time. Right? No. <laughs> no, I was just thinking how how important it is that our that we have faith that the Lord can and does care about what's troubling us, what our stormy seas are, what our broken bows are, what our trials are, whether it's something at work. Someone at work, a car problem, anything. It's small and it's simple to the God of the universe. But it's the same God that tells us that not a sparrow will fall without him noticing. So why not your problem? Why not your discomfort? And when we honestly bring that to him, I think that's when that's when the magic happens, right? Yeah. And he... He does wait for us to bring it to him generally. Like he he doesn't force himself upon us. Um, we have freedom of choice. We have the ability um to choose whether or not we want to to follow his gospel and and so we do we do have to bring it to him, even though I'm sure he's just watching us being dumb, just thinking, Oh my gosh, like I just wanna shake them and tell them what they need to do but he won't until we give them the opportunity to teach us until we take our problems to him one of the things in the manual it talks about was um about the stuff on the boat was that there was an example of what happens when we allow contention in our home and among our family members and how we may not all be on boats you know going to an unknown promised land but we are kind of in a, our own journey of life. And when we allow contention to come into our lives, it can cause a similar amount of chaos. And so, you know, what, what do we do to reestablish the, our connection to the, our Liahonas when there's contention in our families and in our lives? It's a good question. <laughs> you think about the boat, you know, when Nephi and, and all of them are crossing and how they tie them up. And, and really, it, it takes, um, I think it takes humility, you know. Layman finally gave up and was like, fine, we'll, we'll release him and, and take him out and, and let him be free. And, and so, so I think forgiveness is a big part, you know, in families of, you know, letting things go. And Yeah, it's the two sides. The having humility, letting go of the pride, and then the forgiving of that person for, right. I think it's the two ends. But that's kind of why we're putting families too, right? It's to, <laughs> to learn how to do that because that's, that's just part of life. Yeah. And the sooner we can let go, let go of things and, and just quickly repent, quickly apologize and, and get back to where we are, the better it is. Because it seems like for me, something small, if I don't just get over it or yeah. quit acting a certain way, it will just get worse and worse and worse. And so I just, I have to just pray in those moments to just 
please help me get over this. Please just help me to apologize to my husband and because and, and get over my pride. That for me is a big thing. Think about how Christ said, if you're not one, you're not mine. And, and he counsels us continuously to be united. The Zion is those with pure heart and one mind. I think it's important to know that contention is really intended to divide us. And one of Christ's advice and commandments is that we should be united, especially with those whom we love. And if we don't learn how to be united with those who are closest to us, how could we ever help someone who's far from us? How could we extend the gospel? How can we do the, the, the great things that we are to do, being his, his disciples, if right here we can't be one? Right? I often think about that when, when me and my wife have disagreements. It's so easy to get caught up on who's right that if one of us feels wronged, it doesn't matter how right the other person is. You know, we're both gonna we're both losing. If we're not united, we're both gonna lose. And um, and I think that's the part of contention. I mean, so many of these things, so many of these principles. I like to think, what would the inverse, like, what would Satan want? Hmm. What would he want? Well. He would want you to think that your problems are too extreme and have no recovery. There's no point of return, right? And the and whatever the Lord asks you to do, even though it's simple and very doable and adjusted to your understanding and skill set, that's not going to work. That's too simple. It has to be very complicated. It has to be published on Harvard Business Review <laughs> in, in order for it to actually work. And yeah. There has to be a consensus of PhDs in order, for, you know, you know what I mean? determines that this will work. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing is when you choose a course of action that you feel strongly about, I think one of the things he would like us to feel is, yeah, but nobody else is doing that. Everybody else is doing this. You know, that must be the right thing, right? And I, I don't know, as I think of decisions and things in my life that way, then the scriptures really become meaningful to me. And I can see the principles that they're that the Lord is trying to teach through them a lot easier and why they make so much sense. The, the other thing I think about on the ship is that bad things happen to good people. Nephi was a good guy and he, something bad was happening to him. And bad things happen to good families, right? And the truly faithful people will act a certain way when things start to go bad. Instead of just being like, oh, the world is against me and I have no control over this. This is just my lot in life. You know, they'll say, okay, now is the time more than ever to get close to the Lord. You think of Job, you know, that guy lost everything, everything, everything. And yet was still able to be like, no, oh, the Lord's still there for me, you know? And every time I start thinking, man, life's hard, or these challenges are, are more than I can handle right now, I, I always think you're not yet as Job, you know? You still, you can still breathe. You can still get up and walk around and not be in pain. He couldn't even do that, you know? So things are good, and you have to be like, okay, I'm going to latch onto that, and I'm going to get closer to the Lord than I am right now. I have to do that because that's the only way I'm going to progress out of this. 
think we need more of those moments where things go wrong um, and you need to consider that for me I find the majority of time is my bad decisions <laughs> that have led me to a terrible you know or ignoring good advice and then there are things that happen to us that it's not your fault and for each one of those there's a correct and an incorrect influence you know when it is your fault the the temptation will be to blame it was so-and-so's fault that driver or that person or that post or that president you know that 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 they make me so angry right <laughs> you lose the control though right you, you're giving away your agency or when it's is not your fault the temptation could be oh, i must not be worthy or god must not care about me or he has forgotten me <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and it goes both ways and that's why it's important that as we do the simple things we'll be in tune with the spirit to hear the correct influence and to pay attention to the right voice that will help us. Because it's easy to be discouraged. It's easy to be too, I don't know, punishing of yourself. And many people feel that. And it's, I think it's a, it's a beautiful trait within us that you're thinking that you were the problem. It was a scripture, <laughs> Lord, is it I? And they say, one of you is going to betray me. They all say, Lord, is it I? And that's a beautiful group of people to have around you that think, is it me? Because I don't want to do that. But with that, there's also the temptation of martyring yourself and not understanding that it wasn't you. This is just a terrible situation. And some of it will happen because we're in this fallen world. Some of it would be other people's agency. And it doesn't mean the Lord left us i love um when god commands nephi to build a boat instead of asking why did i do something wrong like is this a punishment like why are you asking me to do this he just asks how and i think that that's a really big lesson that we can take away for our lives when we're asked to do something hard or when we're going through a crazy trial it's i think asking why maybe pulls into question either God's character or our own. Whereas if we just ask how, it's just it's just humbly asking him to help us. Like, okay, I've, you know, I've accepted that this is my burden to carry right now, but I just need help. I don't know how to do that. And this is not a shipbuilder. Yeah. This guy is not no. somebody who's ever done this before. Yeah. Yeah. And he's probably like, okay, you want me to do what? Yeah. Okay. Um where do I need to go to get ore? I was thinking about this as like I had to go, I left and I went and made a bellows. And then I went and got ore. And then it's like all these things you had to do just to get started building the ship. Not even right. to build Yeah, he it. was just building tools first. Just to make the stuff to make the ship, you know? Right. And to make a bellows, first of all, I wouldn't even know where to start. How does, <laughs> but how does that look to us? Like maybe you get a calling and you're like, I don't even know how. Yeah. I'm going to mm-hmm. find the time to do this. Or how I'm ever going to teach a lesson or, or do something, right? Or like what, a little bit of how I felt when I found out I was going to be a father. Yeah. A little bit mm-hmm. like, 
Okay. I don't even know how. How? <laughs> baby. How do you feed it? You know? You know you know what I mean? But maybe we tackle it the way Nephi tackles it. I'm going to do step one. Yeah. Read the lesson. <laughs> you know? I don't know. I, I just think. And shouldn't we always be making a bellows? You know, shouldn't we always be doing the next preparations for the next big thing? So that when that big thing comes, we're, we're like, all right, I don't know exactly what I'm doing, but I'm going to follow your, your guidance. And I've, I've done some things to prepare the way, you know, I have the tools built. Once he had them built, he probably didn't, was like, okay, ship's done. Let's throw these tools away. He had them forever. You know, we're going to be using these when we get to the promised land. This promised land wasn't paradise. It wasn't like we're going to show up and ever, there's going to be little huts made for us and we're just going to be fine from yeah. then on. They arrived to nothing and they had to start farming and building everything from scratch, you know. So it's it's always like, what's the next step and what can I be doing to prepare for that next step all the time? It makes me think of the um, the line in Joseph Smith, Prophet of the Restoration, that movie. Um they're building the temple, and he's like, maybe, I, I think Joseph says it, maybe the Lord isn't building a temple, maybe he's building us. And I think that's kind of hmm. the point, is God could have built a boat for them to cross. You know, they just wake up, and there's one well, right there. Or a red sea. Yeah. Or <laughs> <That's laughs> another sea. Why not? <laughs> you know. But he's, he wanted to to give them an opportunity to grow, and, and he's using it. As I was reading the lesson and thinking about small and simple things, honestly, I was thinking about us as the small and simple things that God works through us. And isn't that cool? He could just do it all on his own. But but he uses us to to move his work forward with us, simple, small, imperfect things. And you also notice this revelation about the boat didn't come through Lehi. And it's one of the few times that this starts to happen. Where he went and prayed and got revelation for himself, you need to build a boat. And previously it was my father came, got us all together and told us, this is what we're doing now, you know. And we know that later after they got to the promised land, not long after that, Lehi passes away. And this is probably the Lord's way of solidifying not only Nephi's obedience, but yeah, like you said, building him up. You're the next one in line. You're the prophet. You're going to be next and I need someone who's going to listen who's going to do everything on the way before you even know that that's coming i'm preparing you i think about that made me think about how you know in the church we believe in these great things to come in the next life we're going to be doing marvelous things right and uh, and in the temple we hear of great promises for the future and, and it's like how do we expect any of that if we don't know how to do anything now, you know, like be good at things now, you know, that's the best thing we can do to be prepared. And I mean, Nephi went from asking his dad to pondering and asking the Lord. It's kind of the how a child, the best gift you can give a child is the ability to learn how to learn. The Book of Mormon is truly the keystone of our religion and that a man and woman will get nearer to God by abiding by its precepts than by any other book. And if you then go and do what he would have you do, 
your power to trust Him will grow. And in time, you will be overwhelmed with gratitude to find that He has come to trust you. There is no end to the good we can do, to the influence we can have with others. Let us not dwell on the critical or the negative. Let us pray for strength. Let us pray for capacity and desire to assist others. Let us radiate the light of the gospel at all times and in all places, that the Spirit of the Redeemer may radiate from us. My dear brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ invites us to take the covenant path back home to our heavenly parents and be with those we love. He invites us to come, follow me.